helping students and healthcare professionals not just survive, but thrive with a purpose. This is the CMDA Student Pulse Podcast with your host, Bill Reichart, National Director of CMDA Campus Ministries. Well, welcome to another episode of CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast. I'm Bill Reichert, National Director of Campus and Community Ministries here at CMDA. And my guest today is Dr. Marco Britton. Dr. Britton, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for inviting me to be part of the podcast. The podcast. Can't talk the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Listen, we uh, we just had a chance to see each other at the national convention, and that was a real pleasure to see you and your friend and, and the work you're doing. Uh, I, I trust it was a blessing for you to be a part of that. That was your first national convention there in Cincinnati, wasn't it? It was, and it was a tremendous blessing to be there, just to connect with the different individuals that I've met and speak with them and kind of learn what some of the things they were doing as well. And it was just, it was, it was a really good convention, and I was blessed to be there. Fantastic. Well, let me, let's do this. Uh, obviously, we know each other, but let let me, you know, uh, introduce you to our listening or viewing audience. Dr. Marco Britton is a board-certified physician who practices in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, as corporate medical director. His specialty is occupational medicine. You also have a practice in uh, or have experience practicing primary care and urgent care. In addition, Marco is a devout Christian, loving family man, entrepreneur, and more. And you are, Marco, the CEO and founder of Total Success 365, which is a Christian-based personal development brand that specializes in helping individuals achieve success in all major areas of life, faith, family, fitness, and finances. So, you know, you're talking about success in these areas and, you you, you know, coaching other folks. And, And I've read your bio and you know, one might think, Marco, you just have this charm life. You know, I know you have a, a beautiful family and, and, and just a, a wonderful practice and, and work that God's called you to. But let's just make sure people understand your story a little bit. What is your personal story leading up to a moment like this? What, you know, what, what's your background? Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges you faced growing up. The reason why I even started Total Success 365 is the fact that people, you know, when they meet me or they find out that I'm a physician, because I don't go around telling everyone. Um, so there's people I've been in contact with for years and they, they find out, you know, a couple years after the fact that, oh, you know, oh, you're a physician? And they don't believe it because I don't act like a physician all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll have to explore uh-huh. what that means, but go ahead. <laughs> and so, um, but one of the things that those people say all the time is that you know, once they find out, oh, you're successful because you're a physician, you're successful because you, you know, they assume I have money or you're successful because you have a business, you're successful because whatever. Right. And for me, you know, success is much more, more much deeper than finances and career. And I know a lot of this generation, the, the younger generation, the millennials and Gen Z's and even Gen X, which is the generation I'm a part of, you know, they're so focused on financial aspect of success that they forget there are other uh, types of success that was include for us, like you said, faith, family, fitness, finances. And so I'll pause there on that and I'll, I'll go to I'll answer your question. Your question is uh, my background. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm a physician now and people think that I'm, I'm successful because I'm a physician, but mm-hmm. my background starts in the, what we call the hood, the ghetto, back in the, the the day people call it the project of Decatur, Illinois, and uh, born in the late seventies. And I know I don't look like I'm as old as I am, but I am. <laughs> people always tell me that. Um, but I was born. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. 
Okay. Um, as you can tell, I like the uh, joke and all that stuff too. Okay. But born in the late seventies uh, in Decatur, Illinois, in in the roughest part of town, it was a neighborhood called Longview. And people, if you're from Decatur, you, you know what that is. Uh, they actually tore it down about 10, 15 years ago. But everything you see from you know the movies when it pertains to those type of uh, neighborhoods, the drugs, crime murders, gangs, all of those things were things that I grew up seeing. And even, you know, grew up in a family that was uh, in the family that was involved in a lot of those things. So I, I got to see a lot of that up close and personal. And so growing up at that time, which was a time where you had the crack epidemic, AIDS epidemic, just crime epidemics, all those different types of epidemics, and having people that I knew, whether it be family members, friends, that were involved in those things, I shouldn't have ended up where I, where I ended up. I should have been like a lot of my uh, old friends and, and acquaintances. I should have ended up either dead or prison. But God <laughs> had another plan for my life. And, and that plan was for me to be a physician career-wise. But, you know, in addition to growing up in the area that I grew up in, a lot of kids, they got influenced by the older guys in the neighborhood who were doing some of those things. I saw some of the things that they had, and I wanted some of the things, cars, the, the, the money, all of that. But I also was a dreamer, <laughs> and I, I used to watch a lot of television, and that's a whole other story. Um, it, it goes to uh, the fitness part of the, the 4Fs. Because I sat and watched a lot of TV, I was an overweight kid. Um, I was teased and, and bullied because of that. But watching television, I was inspired to become a physician. I watched the Cosby show and Growing Pains and, and those type of shows. And I saw these physician fathers leading their families. And, and I wanted to be like them when I grew up. And so that sparked interest in me as a kid. But from that time to the time I became a physician and a family man, there was a lot of things I had to deal with. There were so many obstacles along the way. Mm. I talk about a lot of them in, in my book because uh, right. I know we only have an hour here or <laughs> well, 30 that's, minutes, whatever. <laughs> well, I, and, that, and that is a good place to, to at least let uh, our listeners and viewers know that, yes, you have documented all this in a book called uh, Gracious uh, Vindication. I think it's called, right? Yeah. And so I know it, it does seem like a big leap. You know, you're you know growing up to a physician, and I know there's a lot of obstacles in between and challenges. But obviously the Lord saw fit you know, as he was watching over your life to bring you through those on the other end. Obviously, it says something about uh, perhaps your character in terms of the resilience and be able to to uh, press through those challenges. But maybe speak into this idea of faith. I, how did you come to a place where you embrace Christ as your Savior? You, you, know, you now are a Christ follower. When did that happen? And, and how much did that play into being able to press through those obstacles? Well, to answer your last question, it played, it, it was, if it hadn't been for my relationship with God, me being a Christ follower, I wouldn't have made it to where I, where I am now. Yeah. But I'll backtrack to, to the first question. So I, there's a couple of different points in my life where I knew for sure that it was God. God had been pulling at my heartstrings. Age six, I had an experience. I call it an experience now. At the time, I, I called it a, a a dream where I was having a dream about something and I can't remember what the dream was about, but all of a sudden that dream was gone and I was standing in this open field by myself 
And I just remember as a kid thinking, oh, wow, Mother Nature. Everything was beautiful. And it was like swaying grass. There was pretty blue skies, pretty flowers. And I remember looking over to my right and walking towards an area where there's some trees. And I walked over to, you know, where the trees were. And, and I remember standing there as a kid and in this, what I thought was a dream. And I remember just standing there kind of started getting a little afraid because I was like, what is this? And where am I? And because it, it, it seemed so real. It went from being a dream to be being in this place that was so real. And last thing I remember from that experience was I remember hearing a voice. Hmm. And I knew that that voice was God, but I didn't know how to, as a kid, I didn't know how to take it all in. And so to this day, I, 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 you know, some people, they have those similar experiences and they can tell you exactly what they heard God tell them. I can't tell you specifically, but I know that God called me at that moment. Mm. And since then, I've heard, I've watched videos on uh, YouTube and and even at age 16, which I'm going to sit from 6 to 16. Okay. Uh, when I was age 16, I was sitting there at, at my mom's home watching television and there was a talk show. They had a near-death experience show. And I'm listening to these people tell their near-death experiences. And I remember a lady telling her experience. And first thing she said was that she appeared in this place. She said they were swaying grass. She talked about the pretty blue sky. All the same things that I experienced in that experience I had as a child. And I remember, you know, laying there on my mother's couch, you know, wiping my eyes. I'm like, you know, crying. I'm like, why am I crying, you know? And I had an epiphany. Apparently, I died or, you know, God brought me to a place to speak to me. Either way, it it wasn't just a dream. It was a real experience that I had. So that's age 16. Hmm. Soon after that, I really started feeling, you know, God pulling at my heartstrings. And, And I'll backtrack a little bit. I didn't grow up in a family where we didn't go to church all the time. We, my mom, we would go every once in a while, you know, maybe on Easter or, or you know, a special occasion. And sometimes I would go with one of my aunts to church, but I wasn't an every Sunday type of person. So I didn't know much about church other than, you know, we went a few times a year. So 16, 17, I started looking for churches and I had a friend that I worked with. He told me, you know, we were talking about it and I told him I was looking for a church. He invited me to this church and, and I went and there were a nice amount of young people there. And at the time I was a young person. And and so I, I joined and I started learning more about God and started growing my faith. But, <laughs> you know, a, a year later I went to college and like a lot of kids went to college and, and lost the faith right. and started partying and drinking and all of that craziness. And kind of did a little back and forth there for a a year or so. And then decided around 18, 19-ish, I was like, I'm not going to play with God like that, you know. And it's it's bad to say this, but, you know, I I said, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do during this time. God have mercy on me. (laughs) That's kind of what's my attitude, you know. Mm. And so for a couple of years, I lived life wild and reckless, you know. Mm. And during that time, I ended up gaining everything I thought I wanted during that time. You know, I had, you know, I got a I had a pretty girlfriend. I had crew of friends. I had all of the stuff. I had popularity on campus. And I felt the the most emptiest, the most depressed I ever had felt. And I was like, you know, I thought I should be, you know, when I got to this place of having all that I thought I wanted at that time, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the most unhappy I had ever been. And so I remember, you know, around age 21, 
a good friend of mine, one of my my first cousins, uh, fiancés, uh, she was uh, killed in a car accident. Mm. And after her death, a bunch of our friends, they gave their lives to the Lord. And I just remember thinking, you know, I was like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to do it out of fear of dying. But I, I know it's something I should do. And I know that I'm at a place where I'm, you know, what I thought I wanted is not really what what you wanted for me and it's not fulfilling. And so I just remember, you know, a couple of weeks after her death, praying by myself in, in a room, in my, my childhood room. And because I just felt like that it was like the spirit of God was heavy on me that day. And I just remember just surrendering. I said, God, you know, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I know that I need you. I know that I can't do this on my own. So I surrender God, Lord, I'm going to follow after you. I rededicate my life to you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need your help. I can't do this on my own. And I still remember that was October or November of whatever year that was. I turned 21. So it had to be, gosh, 1999, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and you've been walking with God since, and, and uh, I... Ever since. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> what's amazing, too, is that, you know, even in our journeys, and, and, and they are never a straight line, they, they, they go all over the map, and, and yet God pursues us. He's continually pursuing us, and I'm happy to see how you are now living out your faith in a way that yes. is um, uh, not only being blessed, but being a blessing to others. And that's why I w wanted you on our podcast and in part of this conversation, because one of the things I've heard is you've been such a blessing to the students in uh, Fort Worth and others that you've connected with, that people love hearing your story, but they also find that your life is uh, compelling and motivational and, and you, you have an optimistic and hopeful outlook on life and, and, and looking to the future as to what we can become and what God can do in a life. And that's why you talk about those four F's. You talk about that those are areas in our life that uh, God wants to um, work in and through. You know, so often, you know, you go through your training, Marco, as many uh, physicians do. Of course, they, they're there to become excellent uh, physicians. And same with uh, dentists. They're there to be excellent in what they do, competent and confident. But we often don't talk about these other areas of life. And uh, you're, you're bringing really a holistic approach to understanding what is successful in these many other areas through a Christian world life view. So let's, let's land there. Let's talk about that. Um, and we won't talk about all these things because we're going to be limited in time. But yeah. you talk about achieving success in these areas, these four Fs. What would success look like? Paint me a picture of success in family. What, is, what does that look like? So for me, success in general is not about perfection. And I right. think a lot of people think of success and perfection. It's about progress in those areas mm -hmm. uh, and progressing towards what God created you to be in those areas. So as it pertains to family, you know, as a man, God created me to be the head of my family. He created me to be a provider. He created me to be a teacher in my family. And so if I'm doing those very things in my family, in my mind, not just me, anybody who's doing those things and, and are, are striving to be a better husband, father, or if you're single, you know, young single guy, if you're doing those things, you know, you've been a priest provider, protector of your home, and you're following God's lead, following Christ's lead as he follows our God, Father in Heaven's lead, then to me, you know, you have success in family. Everything is, is aligned to what, like it should be. If you're aligned with God, with Christ, then the rest of your family should align. Not saying it'll be perfect, but you know, everything else should align and it may take time, but there should be fruit 
of you being in line with God and being in your perspective roles. Yeah. Yeah, being faithful to the roles and responsibilities that God's created us, whether it be a whether it be in the role of a, a husband, a wife, son or daughter, it, it is being faithful in those roles and, and living out uh, those roles to the glory of God. Most yeah. definitely. What about finances? What would success look like in finances? Well, it's, it's about being becoming a billionaire, trillionaire. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, uh, I was wondering <laughs> if you're going to pass the plate on me here. Okay. <laughs> that, well, that's what the world sees success in finances. Okay. So for me, being successful in finances is being a good steward of whatever resources that God has given you. God is only going to give you what you can handle. And so the definition of success can't be defined by a number uh, as it pertains to the finances. But if you're a person who you may make only, you know, a, a certain amount of money, whether it be 25, 35, 50, $100,000, whatever, if you are taking whatever what you what you make or whatever resources are given to you, and you're, you're basically doing right by them. You're, you're taking care of the people you need to take care of. You're only spending what you can afford. Um, you're not spending beyond your means. Mm-hmm. You're saving, you're investing, and you're thinking about the next generation because the Bible talks about us leaving inheritance for our children's children. So if, if you're doing those things, then in my mind, you're successful in your finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people that I know that make six figures and they still live paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. There are people that I know that make way less than six figures and hmm. over time they amass wealth. You know, they may contribute to their pension or to uh, their retirement refund, uh, hmm. fund over time. And by the time they're 50, they have a million dollars in the bank or hmm. they own their home and have a million dollars in the bank. But that person who makes six figures is broken in debt. Hmm. <laughs> so, for me, it's not about how much you make, it's what you do with what you make. Yeah, and it has a lot to do with the issue behind the issue. I think, uh, you know, gener- a heart of generosity, too, right? A cultivating a, a heart of generosity. Most definitely. Which goes well beyond finances, but uh, if we're just looking in, in, at that narrow issue of finances, I mean, it's it's being a cheerful giver. It's it's generous and, and holding the things. I think, you, you know, you talked about stewardship, holding the things that we have in life with an open hand. And we want them to be used and God to uh, be glorified through those, uh, you know, through a, a faithful stewardship of those things. So it's pressing deeper still in oftentimes the hard issues behind the issue. You know, we can look at the external so often, too. But what's what are the drivers? What are, what, what are the idolatries? What are the things that we cling tightly to? You know, sometimes finances has a lot to do with control and uh, feeling comfort. It, it provides all yep. of these things because we, hey, we have money. We can rest at ease. We don't have to worry about things. Well, no, we're still, we still have to trust the Lord with all things. And, yes, we do. And what, in Deuteronomy, I'm, I'm reminded when he was talking about the, uh, the going to the promised land to the Israelites, even after having come out of a very difficult, you know, you know the, the, the enslavement, saying, listen, you're going to think all the things that you do are going to be built by your hands because you're going to be tilling the ground. You're going to be raising the crops. But understand that I gave you the ability the health, the resources, the rain. I mean, everything is yes. still a gift for me, and everything we have is a gift from God. True. Albeit he uses our professions and he uses the opportunities and the gifts he gives us to be able to earn those livings, but it's all from him. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's for, it's for his glory. It, it, it's been used for good, you know, yeah. and I think a lot of times when people obtain finances, they think it's for them to store up, you know, and you, you, know, you, you know the story about the the person who stored up the treasures and, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they, they end up dying. You know, you mm-hmm. stored up all that money and, and you can't even 
you can't take it with you. So, you know, <laughs> the Bible says the, 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 the rich are, are, are supposed to be able to readily distribute. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, the world, it's, you have the, the flip side is that you have some people who will say it's evil to have money. Money is evil. Money, and the Bible never says that. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, but money itself is not evil. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, it's what you do with your finances mm-hmm. is what God looks at. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we go on and on. I, I, I and I, uh, you know, I think there'd be great value in that. Unfortunately, we do have. We're going to have to cut our conversation at this point, Marco. I mean, it is. Uh, there's a lot on your website. I think people can go to visit, get get uh, resources, right? Information. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely, they can go to totalsuccess365.com. Okay. okay. Um, and then they'll be able to find out what we're doing. Like I said, we're, we're, we're in the infant stages, mm-hmm. uh, toddler stages of the business. So we're still kind of building and growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, you know, check us out. And, okay. and, and like you said, I'm available to speak to student groups. And I've done that through CMDA uh, as well. Yeah. So just check out the website. Yeah. And I hope it's a blessing. Sure. We'll put that link in the show notes. And uh, yes to uh, your availability to encourage and motivate and inspire medical and dental students as, you know, with your life uh, story, your journey, and the things that God has uh, gifted you. And uh, and Grant Hewitt, I think, made the introduction because I think Grant had uh, yeah. had met you through some of those uh, encounters uh, with some of the students there in Fort Worth. So, um Shout out to Grant. He's a great guy. He is. Be, be, uh, be careful. His head is big enough already now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just Grant, I, we're not going to edit that out. Okay. We're going to leave that in. Uh, no, he's a great guy. In fact, uh, at the air, at the, at the um, t- taping of this uh, conversation, he is uh, with, coming back from Israel with a team of 39 students with our Passages Israel Tour. And I'm excited to hear awesome. more stories coming from that. That is an exciting opportunity. So very grateful for I Grant Grant and his work in ministry. So, well, Marco, this has been a great conversation. And I'm so glad uh, that you're part of CMDA and excited about the work you're doing. Uh, and uh, again, making yourself available to our student groups there in Fort Worth. And uh, for all you do, you know, just thank you. And thanks for being a part of this conversation. Thank you for having me. I, I take it as an honor and God bless you. All right, God bless. Well, this is the part of the podcast where we tell you some things you need to know. First of all, on all of our podcasts, we encourage you to visit our website, studentpulsepodcast.com, where you can get the show notes and oftentimes the links we've mentioned with our guests, you can find there. And that information is available on every podcast. But some things you need to know is, first of all, we'd like to have you check out our Student Life app. It's on the App Store or through Google Play. And this is the one-stop shop for the information that you need to have. We have, of course, our podcasts on the Student app. We have uh, group studies, Bible studies that you can do personally or use in small groups or large group meetings at your campus chapter. Also, we have Faith Prescriptions. Now, Faith Prescriptions is a 20-plus curriculum video series that is available on the CMDA website, but we've made available just on the app the top five what we think are student applicable and relevant episodes that are available to you and your local student chapter. So check that out on the app as well. Also, as always, want you to check out our socials at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're there and 
that is a place where you can get the most current information and the things that are important for you. And of course, we share a lot of pictures and you can see the kind of events that are happening all through CMDA. One of the things that's coming up is GMHC, Global Missions Health Conference, and that is in Louisville, Kentucky in early November. You can go to medicalmissions.com to get all the information, but we put that information on our socials. We put it also, we put announcements on the app. So any of those locations, you can get the information that you need to know. As always, we're grateful that you're listening to CMD Student Pulse podcast, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. CMDA's Student Pulse podcast is a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the organization. CMDA is non-partisan and does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on Student Pulse podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members.